After waking up from a horrific car accident, April must find a way to work through her trauma and a will to survive a recovery from hell. That's the logline for the new movie Night Night. The psychological thriller also features in the lead role, Brianna D'Amico, as well as horror film icon Tony Todd, that's a pretty big place to be standing alone, and screen veteran Eric Roberts. Do you remember anything prior to the accident? It's directed by my friend, Nikki Koss. And on this special edition of RxG Exclusives, I sit down with Nick Marini and Brooke Ann Smith, stars of the new film, Night Night. We must open up our You're watching RXG Exclusives. Oh, they try to keep us away, yeah. Nick Marini, thanks for joining me. I want to jump right in and talk about our friend, Nikki Koss. I've had the honor and pleasure of producing alongside her and also acting under her direction. And what I know about her is that she is a go-getter and very deliberate about what she's looking for creatively yet also collaborative. What was your experience like being directed by her? And why are voices like hers, particularly women filmmakers, so vital in this cinematic landscape? Well, uh, first of all, I, you know, I mean, I, I felt like this was an incredibly collaborative process. Um, I felt like she, she knows what she wants, but she also lets you as the actor go out and do your thing and really trusts trust that you will. And I think that comes from her being an actress as well. Um, and I think, you know, one of the things that was so fun about this project was uh, it felt very contemporary to, to, to like my age. And it was a lot of people similarly aged working on something um, which felt just very fresh and exciting. And I think, um, you know, cinema like so many things in the world has has suffered from a lack of voices from different perspectives um and you know i think it is uh it's important now more than ever that we we balance those scales going forward um and i think you know it's like this was a uh, uh, written by a a man who lives in tech, an older man, you know, not older, but like a man, not, you know, he's not 20, uh, uh, who lives in Texas, who's a police chief. Uh, and then he's got this young woman from Los Angeles directing it. And, you know, I think uh, it's nice to see something like that happening. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and how did you come aboard? night night was there a direct offer was it an audition process what was that experience like yeah it was sort of both um i auditioned for a smaller role in the film uh and there were some scheduling conflicts and uh there was an opening for robert all of a sudden and uh so i actually had i had two days before i got to set found out that i was going to be playing robert wow um, I was flying back from a, a wonderful vacation in Australia with my partner and her family. And uh, 
I had to just be like, you guys have to talk to my agent because I'm about to be on a plane for 13 hours with no Wi-Fi. <laughs> so like, I guess this is what's happening. And, uh, I'll, uh, you know, when I land in 13 hours, I'll, I'll get the info. Um, so it was, it was just sort of thrust in there, which was, I think, you know, to your point earlier about her being collaborative, I think, uh, that really helped, you know, there was, it was, uh, I just had to jump in the deep end and, and trust that I'd be sent in the right direction. Right. I think we've been joined by one of your co-stars. Hello, hello, hello. Brooke Ann Smith. Hello. How are you, Brooke? Hi, how are you guys doing? Pretty good. Nice to have you here. How did you come aboard the project and what was it like working with Nikki, who is obviously a female voice in the industry, which is extremely important? Absolutely. Well, I actually met Nikki because we have a mutual friend, Jamie Gallagher, who's a casting director who had cast me in a few other projects, was working on Night Night as well. And um, I had met Nikki through her a few months prior. And I guess when she started making Night Night, she thought of me and sent the script over. And um, I obviously fell in love with it. I thought it was so interesting. I knew it was going to be very stylized and just working with a female director, not only that as a female, but also an actress as well. Um, it's a different perspective that I really appreciate because um, a lot of directors aren't actors and there's a certain element there where you can really, um, they can really speak the actor language and really understand you. So I was really excited to become a, a part of the project. April, wake up! Do you have to be careful mixing wine and pills like that? Well, I've subbed in two days and I'm just feeling very vulnerable and confused right now because what if there's a logical explanation for all of this? So this is one of those films where you sort of have to speak in code so you don't give anything away. What can you tell me about the characters of Robert and Lauren, about who they are, without revealing too much? Either well, I think for my character, Lauren, um, I think the thing that drew me most to the, to the script was uh, her, her strength with her family, uh, just the fact that she's a mother and loves her kids and her children. And I think it's the same for Robert, too, but I'll let, him, um, let Nick speak on that. But I think just, yeah, the strength of the mother and, and how we can go through emotional things in our lives as people, because mothers aren't just mothers, fathers aren't just fathers, um, that I think, you know, when you're having an emotional problem, you're going through some sort of devastation, you still are a parent, you still have to figure out how to juggle those things. So uh, that was, uh, that was for me, what was most interesting about Lauren is just the love that she has for her family and wanting to keep them together and doing whatever she can to, to make that happen. Right. Nick? Yeah, um, no, I think Brooke put it really well. And, and I also, I, I didn't get a chance to see you the other night, Brooke, but uh, I just wanted to say, I thought it was lovely work. You really uh, have such an integral role in, in starting the film off on the right, but, uh, and, and it was wonderful to watch. Oh, um, I second that for you. <laughs> thank you. And I'm just glad to get that exclusive, so thank you. Um, but uh, no, I, I think a lot of what you said is is true for Robert. I mean, I think Robert is a very complicated person who um, gets, you know, he, he's, he's uh, we first see him sort of after a, an, an accident and his girlfriend is, is in the hospital and... Uh, you know, we, he, we just see sort of this, this journey that he sort of takes, um, but that is often, you know, I think what's fun about a psychological thriller is 
you don't ever want to give too much away, um, both in like an interview situation, but also in, in your performance. Um, and so it was, it was really interesting sort of knowing what his driving factors were, uh, some of which were sort of in conflict with each other. Um, and I don't know that, uh, I don't know that his goals are fully formed necessarily when we first meet him. Um, I think they're definitely present, but I don't know if they're like set upon. And so getting to um, sort of navigate that was, was fun. So just to reiterate, we're starting starting from you scaring her, y'all just step into this. Now you shot this film in Texas, right? And completed principal photography right before the world shut down. That must have been rather surreal. I'm sure projects got postponed or canceled, and the lockdown likely resulted in some delays for night night. How did you manage in the height of the pandemic? And how are you managing it now that the pandemic is still going on, regardless of some people's opinions? Absolutely. Um, well, for me, uh, COVID hit me really personally because my mom actually got really sick. Um, we still don't know what it was, but she was in the ICU with like pneumonia and the flu um, oh, wow. in December, uh, right before we filmed Night Night. Um, she was still in the ICU in January and she had gotten out. I think like on the 7th of January and I went to go film like on that day. So my mind is definitely uh, on that. And then we filmed Night Night and I don't think people really knew what COVID was yet. It's, it kind of started picking up a little bit after we, we wrapped production, but Nikki got sick as well, but I think she had allergic reaction, the director, and she was, she was having to direct from the hospital for a day, I think. So sickness uh, definitely, you know, played a part it always does, you know, in production things happen and you just kind of have to, you know, muster through it. But for me personally, um, I was really busy in 2020 filming. Uh, I did two other films, uh, which during COVID, um, which was shocking because I didn't think I would be, but we found ways, you know, you're testing every single day, multiple tests a day. We got shut down a few times because there was a COVID outbreak. Um, I think now they're, you know, with SAG and all the rules, they, they make sure you're vaccinated now, now that we have a vaccine. But the, even the latest project I did, uh, the vaccine was available, but we, they weren't requiring it then for me back in like uh, September. But I had to do three COVID tests a day, two of the, the quick ones that are 15 minutes, and then the, the, P, the PPE, I think, which is the 24 hour, uh, just to make sure everyone's safe. And then you're always masked up. But yeah, it does come with challenges. Yeah, obviously I'm fully vaccinated, but I haven't had the pleasure of having one of those tests. But I hear they're very intrusive, uh, but necessary. Yes, totally. Yeah, it's, it's you know, I, I worked on a couple uh, TV shows and getting tested multiple times beforehand, getting tested while you're shooting. Um, they're really taking safety seriously, uh, which I respect. And, um, you know, the uh, the industry, I think, has come back pretty substantially. You know, honestly, the people who are getting hit hardest are the are the indies and are the, the short films, because if you're budgeting for a short film and suddenly you have to budget for twenty COVID tests, like that's double your budget for right. some people. You know, so I think it's hit it's hit 
low budget things pretty hard. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just, that's just the situation and we have to be safe right now. Well, whether it's a health-related lockdown or the constant rejection that we face as artists every day, how do you both stay motivated and creative when things don't necessarily seem to be going your way? Because I'm sure you haven't gotten everything that you wanted. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I always say, like, being an artist is a marathon. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a marathon. It's, it's a sort of a way of life in that, like, you are making decisions that um, aren't always the best long-term decision if what you want is to like budget your money and buy a house at 25, you know? You might be able to do that because you book something or you might be working and, and for years before something happens. Um, so it's definitely a, uh, a long-term thing and it's I think a thing that you have to be totally passionate about because it's super difficult. Um, and even when you get something, you know, I always say to my friends who aren't, aren't actors, I'm like, even when you book something four months later, two months later, two weeks later, you're looking for work again. Like the highlight of your year could be two weeks. They always say acting is a temp job, right? Yeah. Um, so I think you just have to, you have to know that you really want it. You have to pursue it doggedly and, uh, Ultimately, you have to be really um, grateful that when you do get to work, you get to do something that is so fulfilling, so fun and exciting and challenging. And, uh, you know, I think everyone during the pandemic realized, like, you know, just how important the arts can be. Yeah, and just to add on to what Nick is saying, I think, um, you know, as an artist, as a storyteller, um, it's kind of, you know, you got to be all in. You have to be 100% committed. And you have to understand that most of the time you're going to get rejected. Um, and some few, few things that help me with it when those times seem to be more, so more rejection than, <laughs> than a yes, um, is just, I have a favorite quote. It's, um, I'd rather be a failure at something I love than a success at something I hate. Um, and so that's just kind of something about, for me, um, knowing that I'm a dreamer and that I have these dreams and these goals that I want to achieve as a storyteller, as an artist, and I'm all in. So I'm going for it no matter what. Um, so there's a level of commitment kind of going back off of what Nick is saying. You have to really be, you know, sure that this is something you want to do because it's not the easiest. People think it's so glamorous. That it's a lot of, it's a lot of work for not a lot of, um, a lot of work for free when you're auditioning and not a lot back until you get those jobs and then it's worth it. But I kind of look at it like a long line, you know, you're standing in this long line and, and people are constantly dropping out of it and all it takes is one yeah. yes. You know, I always say to myself, I'm like, well, Brooke, you're one day closer to your next yes, you know, yeah. and that's, that's what keeps me going because it takes one yes to change your life. It takes one yes to be able to buy that house. It takes one yes in some project that, puts you on the map and it doesn't it doesn't mean you're a better actor all of a sudden because people notice it's just the luck of the draw so you have to just know like you're you got to get some luck and you just have to keep going wise and inspirational words brooke can you give us that quote one more time it's so important absolutely it's i'd rather be a failure at something i love than a success at something i hate wow
Now, Nick, I know you come from an artistic family. What have your loved ones done and what do they do to help your continued artistic growth? Well, first growing up, they were like, don't go into this business um, for all the reasons we just spoke of. Uh, yeah, my, both my parents were in the theater. Um, so I sort of grew up in the, in the green rooms of the East Coast. Um, you know, I mean, to some extent, I just learned so much through osmosis. Um, I just learned so much, like, drawing in the back of the theater while my dad directed a play, or, like, sitting around the green room while I'm, you know, chatting with actors while my mom was on stage in a performance, doing my home, you know, I did a lot of homework was done backstage. Um, but they, I think the big thing is it's, you know, sort of generational knowledge. It, it wasn't necessarily the situation that, like, my parents could just like introduced me to the big wig here and that, that I was off and running. Like it wasn't that situation, but they knew what agencies were reputable and what weren't. They knew like, if you're trying to do this, try to, you know, like this is how you might get there. So I think, you know, for the same reason that like some people whose parents are doctors become doctors, it's like, because you just, you have an understanding that's a little more innate of how things work. Um, and you have examples that you've watched your whole life. You know, I, 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 I was lucky enough to just sort of grow up around a ton of incredible actors, incredible directors. And, you know, uh, I think that um, having parents who understand how difficult it is, is really cool. And like, my dad uh, is a fantastic director, theater director. And he came to see a play that I was in and he was like, you know, it's not my job to give you notes, but that first time you walk out, you know, let us see you a little bit, wait a little bit longer to deliver that line. And the first performance after he left, the director comes back and goes, did your dad give you a, a, a note? And I go, you know, he didn't think it was his place. He did give me one small note. And he goes, was it to take more time at the top? And I went, yeah. And he went, ah, it was a good note. And so it's, it's those little things, you know, it's like just, having people who are masters at their craft be able to just sort of help guide you uh, has, been, has been really helpful. Now, Nick, in addition to Night Night, you have a role on the hit Netflix series, Cobra Kai. Some of your other credits include the Jason Alexander series, Hit the Road and Chicago Med. You've amassed a body of work. I was born and raised in Philly. I know you have a Pennsylvania connection. Yeah, birds. Uh, how did you go from East Coast living to the bright lights of Hollywood? Um, totally. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Philadelphian through and through. I grew up partly in New York as well, um, in Hell's Kitchen, but, but uh, Philly is, is really where I call home. Um, I think uh, my, my mother is, is a fifth generation Californian from, from Northern California. Uh, so California was always a little bit in my blood. Um, we would come to visit her family. And uh, my brother, my older brother, who's born and raised in New York, growing up, he was always like, you're a California kid. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I'm from the East Coast. Like, I'm from like cities. And he's like, yeah, but like, you're going to like, you know, I think he knew before I did that I'd end up out here. And uh, I really love LA. I mean, I think you, you, you have to sort of wade through it. It's not a pedestrian city. So you have to, uh, you have to like, figure out where you actually want to go and realize that anywhere you want is like 40 minutes from everything else. Um, 
So it takes some getting used to, but uh, I've really grown accustomed to it. And I just do miss the fall. I miss a Philadelphia East Coast fall. And Brooke, I know that you starred on the hit short-lived Tyler Perry series, Too Close to Home. How did you go from dreaming about being an actor to doing it for a living? You know, um, I actually started acting when I was 15, so I've been doing it a really long time. Um, and I, when I fell into it in the way that I did, um, I just kind of hit the ground running really fast. I, got, I had a lot of luck really early on and I was able to like, continue that. I think the biggest challenge for me was just being able to kind of go out of that box that they wanted to put me in as being a, a younger actor, being blonde and uh, having a higher voice and those things of just like the cheerleader roles and the girlfriend and all of that. I'm just getting taken seriously. So on like uh, Too Close to Home, I played you know, Shelby Hayes, who was a drug addict, who lived in a trailer park, had a really thick Southern accent. I was, on my background, my character was sexually abused as a child. And so, you know, I love to go into these darker, deeper uh, roles that kind of challenge me and stretch me and kind of, you know, outside the box of what people expect. So I think most of my career, I've just been fighting to, um, to show that I can do more than just one thing. And I think it's really important for actors to be able to show their versatility. Now, I'm an actor and a filmmaker, and I always tell fellow artists and those who aspire not to wait for opportunity to knock on the door. You've got to get out there and create opportunities for yourself and for others. And aside from being an actor, I know that you, Nick, are also a director. How has being in front of the camera prepared you for being behind it? Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I think directing was something that was inevitable for me. Uh, given that I grew up watching my, my father do it and my mother. Um, and uh, I, I think that um, being an actor just, it, it helps I know what conversations are helpful and what sort of conversations are just like a little too, uh, you know, just in the moment, like how to talk to an actor, depending on what the scene is. Obviously, there are still things I'm learning. Um, but... Uh, as a, as a director, I, I caught the bug. I directed a music video recently for a, an artist called Dupico. Um, and uh, it was just, I, I, I knew I was going to enjoy it, but I didn't realize how much I would. And um, so I'm definitely, uh, I got a few things that I'm, I'm trying to finish writing and start writing um, and uh, hoping to get behind the camera directing something again soon. And Brooke, do you have any plans to be behind the camera in addition to uh, your acting work? Yes, I have um, been writing as well. Um, I think it's good to just have creative outlets. So I actually created a TV show um, and uh, it's a comedy, a dark comedy, uh, hour long. Uh, but I have like four episodes written and I've had some interest. So I definitely am always pursuing other, other avenues. I wouldn't say no to um, you know, being behind the camera, but as it stands, I really kind of know where my heart is, and that's that's being in front of the camera, and for me, um, acting is definitely where my passion is, so, but I think it's great to have creative outlets and take control of your own craft and be able to uh, learn all the different facets of the industry. Uh, that's only going to make you a more well-rounded human being and a better actor and uh, better to understand exactly what's going on on the set. As actors, I'm sure there are a bevy of characters that you would love to play. 
But when all is said and done, which will be a very long time from now, <laughs> uh, what do you want your work to say about you? What is the Nick Marini legacy? What is the Brooke Ann Smith legacy? I, I, can, I guess I'll take it. Um, for me, I, it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. I want my work to um, inspire. I want to tell stories, obviously, but I want to make people think about things differently than they do. Um, for example, on Too Close to Home, my character was supposed to be the one everybody hated, but by the end of, you know, even the first season, people were rooting for her, and it's because you have to bring a certain level of heart to everything that you do, not uh, not just playing um, something to just to make people question, like why why is she doing that, and and, and understanding that there. Are, we're telling stories about people who do exist or like maybe not in a reality form but in a, a different version of reality of a certain situation um like even in night night i mean these these the gaslighting and the um you know betrayal and the whole thing of questioning yourself it's all things we can ex we can relate to and experience so for me i just want to move people and i want to make them think about things a little differently than maybe they did when they first started watching something some of my work totally uh i i love that i mean i i feel very similarly um you know if 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 i'm playing a uh, especially a darker character you know my, my hope always is that someone who who is making similarly bad decisions maybe has an opportunity to to see themselves and and see uh just go like whoa is that me is that what i'm doing how, how, like i i was that is definite goal but i i think on a on a sort of broader sort of career you know if if if, if i could have accomplished something by the end of my career um i think something that i'm really interested in is masculinity and and uh i think so much of what masculinity is has become polluted or corrupted by toxic masculinity and and, and i don't i think that um you know in the last hundred years women have done a lot to redefine what being a woman means and and the uh pushed against some of the, the preconceptions that had been laid upon an entire half the population uh, and really redefined themselves in a, in a empowering and, and good way. And I think, um, I think masculinity needs to do that as well. I think masculinity needs to find what is beautiful about it and also get of the toxic parts. And so if I can find roles that sort of both reinforce the positive and push against the negative, uh, that's something I would like, that's something I'm always sort of searching for is, is that sort of role. Is someone where you go like, oh, I think I know what this is. And then you go, like, oh, interesting. They're not, they're not doing those sort of more traditionally, uh, toxic bullshit you know I just I think that I think we need to uh, uh, I think we need to do that as a concerted effort I was just sort of redefining that term well Nick and Brooke thank you so much congratulations on the release of night night which is now playing on demand and all of your successes this was this was fantastic 
Thank you so much. It was a pleasure being on. Thank you so much. This was a real pleasure. I'm Robert X. Goffin for RXG Exclusives. Thank you for joining me, and I'll see you next time. Make sure to like, comment, and hit subscribe on our YouTube channel so you never miss out. RXG Exclusives, hosted by Robert X. Goffin, now playing.